right. Uh, we'd like to call up the Nielsens to give a short testimony. Many of you might know them. Uh, some of you might not. So we're grateful to to hear them. There we go. I leave it to you. Uh, how many of you don't know me? Okay, we can sit down. They all know. Thank you for having us back. Thank you for supporting us all these years. You have been very, very faithful in your support and uh, in the ministry as well. Uh, see these boxes in the passage with the baby house on it. That's uh, the next generation uh, going into the ministry as well. And so we really enjoy that. My wife, Mandy, and my one daughter that's with us, uh, this is Claire. Uh, she works with a, a receptionist, nurse, doctor, person that does all sorts of everything uh, and uh, a lot of work. And uh, the other two girls are running the baby house. Uh, we, we said to the leadership of Whitbank, uh, we are separated now. If you want them to come, you have to invite them separately because they are a combi load of their own. <laughs> Right, they just got a new baby and they've taken on uh, another new baby. And so um, there's four of them now and uh, quite a handful. Uh, so my wife is going to give a bit of a testimony because I'm going to give my report of the ministry and what's going on on Sunday morning. Uh, I do want to make a correction. Okay, On this uh, thing over here, it says Mike Nielsen street preaching. Okay, that's enough to scare anybody to death. Come here, they're going to take you out street preaching. No, we're not, okay? Uh, it should be Mike Nielsen illustrating the gospel. All right, I'm going to show you different ways to illustrate it. What's our goal? Where are we going? Uh, how to try to stay on track to get to where we're going if the person that we're dealing with is trying to get us off. Uh, a lot of little techniques, a lot of things. that are, A lot of it comes from open air, but a lot of it can be used in all sorts of walks of life. So we're not going out into the open air. We're not doing street preaching. We're just going to show you how to illustrate the gospel and how you could perhaps use that in your opportunities that come your way. Thanks. It is nice to see all the familiar faces that we know many of you. Um, and I thought, well, let me start at the beginning. And especially because I see some young people here and I want to encourage you because I was young once too. <laughs> so, um, but I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I grew up in a, a home that... They would send you to church, but they would send you. I don't remember my mom and dad in church very much at all. Uh, but uh, when I was 11 or 12 years old, you know, you were, I was in a traditional church, so they put you through the, the ropes, you know, like they send you off there and they do all their bit, you know, like and you come out, you know, at the cookie cutter on the other end and you're supposed to be a Christian. And so I went through all the confirmation and they when I was dressed and in those days we dressed in white dresses and white shoes and we didn't wear wear hats I'm not quite that old the generation before me they wore hats but um, <laughs> but I I thought that was me I thought I thought I was really really good you know like I felt like an angel dressed in my white outfit and I thought that was me I was sorted with God but and this is what I want to encourage the young people with when I was in grade eight my friend invited me to go to youth group and she came with, oh, she was nervous to ask me. She was really nervous to ask me to go to church with her. But you know what? I was delighted to go. I was excited to go. I was bored. I wanted something to do. And so I went to youth group and I sat in church and youth group for a year. Um, and so much so that everybody else thought I was a Christian. But one night at a youth rally with lots of people, lots of churches combined, they gave an altar call and I realized that I had never, ever actually trusted Christ as my Savior for myself. Yeah, I knew a bit by now, but I had sat and listened and all the time I had not really known. But all of a sudden I felt that, and if you're a Christian, you know the conviction that comes on your heart to know that this is actually, I've got to do this. And I was sitting way back in the back of the church and I got out, the, out my aisle and I, I mean out of the pew and I got down the aisle and I came forward as a testimony of wanting to be saved. And um, that was the, the beginning of my Christian walk. And I think within six months of that, of being saved, I was in a missionary meeting like this. 
in, in the church that I was attending. And the man that was preaching, he said, if God would call you to go into the ministry, would you be willing? And I said, yes, I would be willing to go into the ministry if God called me. I had no idea if God would call me or not. But whether he called me or not, I was willing to go. And I didn't, I continued to grow as a Christian. I was a young Christian. I was still in my non-Christian home. You know, my drinking, partying, you know, you know how non-Christian homes look. They looked like, just like that, just like your home. If you come out of a non-Christian home, it wasn't any better than, than what you come out of. <laughs> um, and sometimes, because sometimes, I just want you to understand, you know, like I'm just like a normal person, you know, like I come out of a non-Christian home. I know about all that stuff, you know. Um, because when you've been in the ministry so long, you actually forget. And, and so, so every now and then you actually have to be reminded that actually that's what it looks like over there because we've forgotten. Um, but uh, when I was 20, I went on a youth team with the Baptist Union youth team. Um, and and um, I, thought that was my, I thought that was me. I was going into full-time work ministry. Well, no, I, I, was go, I was answering that call that God put on my life. And at the end of the year... I just went home and went back into my church, continued to work, and then I met my husband at the end of that year, and we we were both committed to serving the Lord, but also had no idea that God would call us into the ministry, and we were married for about a year maybe, and when God called Mike into the ministry, and so basically I was working, and he went into the ministry. And slowly but surely, we both went into the ministry. And so it's like, it's a process, you know. Like, so sometimes you think, well, well, what can God do with my life? You know, like, I'm just a little old me, you know. Well, you know what? Actually, all you have to do is say, okay, God, I'm willing. And then God moves you to the next thing. You don't have to worry about what the next thing is. You just have to be, you just have to be committed to saying, okay, God, this is me. I'm willing to go. So... That's my testimony. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. It's uh, I've I've never heard I've never heard that. So I learned something. Thank you. Pastor Timbiso is going to come preach for us, and I'm looking very much forward to that. I greet uh, all the pastors in this hall. In the mighty name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I greet all the deacons and all of you who made it, friends and families. Uh, I know it's a Friday evening. It's very difficult. You just had a long work day. But uh, by God's grace, uh, we will take about three hours to get through the message. I won't take too much of your time. My name is Pastor Stembi Somatlango. I'm uh, a pastor in Spring Valley Baptist Church. And we began Spring Valley uh, four years ago this past April. And it's a joy for me to give you the word of God. Now, we are not going to be in one place. So have your Bibles open and ready. We're going to move around. And so, uh, but we're going to begin by looking at Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30. Proverbs chapter 11. And verse 30, and I will give a couple of you tasks uh, to read. Who of you have an African's Bible? Oh, my goodness. Colin, you have an African's Bible? You are in trouble. I'm going to ask you to read a lot. Um, Zulu Bible, I think Sis Lindy will, will cover us there. Uh, I want us to get into the word of God, really get in. Um, so I'll begin reading it in... Um, in English, then we'll continue from there. Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 30. Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 13. This is how it reads. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And he that wins souls. He that wins Souls is wise. Is wise. It's wise. Hey, let's have a word of prayer. 
Our Father in heaven, thank you for this opportunity you've given us this evening. Thank you for this conference. What a joy to be here. What a joy to see faces committed to the work, committed to missions, committed to souls. Oh God, we pray that you would encourage us at this beginning of this conference. Tomorrow, I am longing to hear and to be taught by your servant, Mike Nielsen, Lord, on how to be wise and win souls. And Lord, I pray that you would bring in people. I ask that you would protect those who are coming from afar off and, and that you would encourage us. Make this conference, may it be a revival in our hearts. Lord, may we leave this place refreshed and, and challenged, willing to go forth and share the gospel with those that are lost. We thank you for Jesus Christ, our Savior, and what he has done on the cross. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I have entitled today's um, message, Three Wise Men and a Fearless Woman. But we're not going to look at all three wise men. We'll just look at two. For time's sake, there's no way I'm going to cover all three. Um, but uh, let's look at these two wise men. And I think it's by God's design that that is, we're looking at two. I was talking to Clive, and my third one, Clive is going to preach about. So, so that's a blessing there. Taking the gospel out is not a preacher's job alone. This is what we're focusing on, this whole missions conference. It is the mandate and the calling of every single church member. If you have been called as a preacher, good, go preach the gospel. But if you are a Christian, you have placed faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are also called to take the gospel out. We may not all be called to be pastors, preachers, teachers, evangelists, but we are all called to share Jesus Christ. We are all called to be lights in this dark world, and I'm telling you, it's getting darker by a second. We are all called to be the salt and the light of this dark earth. This unbiblical idea that our churches have today that only a pastor and a preacher and a missionary and an evangelist are the ones who are, go, are called to go and preach the gospel. That is a deceit from Satan. That is a lie. All of us are called to be witnesses for Christ. I believe Satan has poisoned our churches. Satan has poisoned our churches with this lie because he doesn't want you, the church member, to share Christ with the mentality that Pastor Stembi saw, Pastor Clive, Pastor Mike Nielsen will go out and preach. We just have to lay back and give them rants and pray for them and pat them on the back and let them go. It's a lie. God has called each and every single Christian to be a bright and a shining light for Jesus Christ. All of us are called. All of us. All of us are called. And so that is the main theme for our, message, for our conference, to be reminded that all of us are called to serve Christ. We need to take the gospel to those close to us. I'm going to say that again. We need, it's a necessity that we take the gospel to those who are close to us. Our friends, our next door neighbors, to our children, our grandchildren, to those who we daily interact with and talk with at work, in a taxi, and waiting for the bus at the bus station. We need to take the gospel to those who are close to us. Now, you don't have to stand behind the pulpit and preach 
but you can talk to your friends about Jesus Christ. You can share the gospel with your children and your siblings and your aunties and uncles. Today, I want us to look at some examples from the word of God, from the scriptures, how three wise men or two and a woman who was fearless. I have never seen a woman like that. When I, when I was preparing for this message, I said, my goodness, what a fearless woman. And we're going to look at her in a couple of minutes. If you are looking in your bulletins, the first point <clears throat> that we're going to look at, the first man, a man filled with devils became wise. Let's look at Luke chapter 8 and verse 26 to verse 39. Luke chapter 8 verse 26 to verse 39. Luke chapter 8 and verse 26. We we'll begin there. Luke 8, 26 to verse 39. And this is how it reads. And they arrived at the country of the Gadarenes, which is over against Galilee. And when he went forth to land, that's Jesus, they met him out of the city, a certain man which had devils long time. And wear and wore or wear no clothes, neither abode in any house. He didn't have a house, but he abode in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before Jesus, and with a loud voice said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God most high? I beseech thee, torment me not, for he had commanded the unclean spirits to come out of the man for oft times it had caught him and he was kept bound with chains and in fetters and he broke the bands and was driven off the devil into the wilderness and Jesus asked him saying what is thy name and he said legion because many devils were entered into him and they besought him that he would not condemn them to go out into the sheep. Verse 32. And there were there a herd of many swine feeding on the mountain. And they besought him that he would rather go to the sheep. Verse 33. Then went the devils out of the man and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down the steep into the lake and choked. Verse 34. When they had fed, when they that fed them, the swine, saw what was done, they fled and went and told it to the city and in the country, in the country of this man. Verse 35. Then they went out to see what was done, and came to Jesus. Now, this whole country, these men, the whole city, they come to Jesus. They came to Jesus and found the man who was demon-possessed, out of whom the devils were, de were departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Verse 36. They also which saw it told them by what means he that was possessed of the devils was healed. Then the whole multitude of the country, now this is a mob, okay? This is a mob. The whole town is out. Now the whole country of the gatherings round about besought Jesus to depart from them. Now, what a shame. For they were taken with great fear. And he went up into the ship. He didn't fight with them. He didn't quarrel with them, Jesus. 
He went into the ship and returned back again. Now, when the man, out of whom the devils were departed, besought Jesus that he might be with Jesus, but Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to thine own house, back to this mob. Now, keep in mind, the mob is angry. And Jesus saying, return to thine own house. When it says to thy own house, not just talking about his family, it's talking about his country, where he's from, the Gadarenes. Return to thy own house and show how great things God has done for thee. And he went his way and published throughout the whole city how great things Jesus done unto him. Hallelujah. The first point we're looking at. A man filled with devils becomes wise because he sought to be with Jesus. This man sought to be with Jesus. Verse 38, this man asked Jesus if he can just stay with him. He was wise because he sought to be with Jesus. This man was bound with both spiritually and physically. Spiritually by demons, physically with chains. The Bible says fetters. He had no peace. He had no comfort. And certainly he had nobody that wanted him or cared for him. When Jesus freed him from his bondage, he wanted to be with his Savior. Luke says this man besought Jesus. He pleaded with him. He asked Jesus. He says, Lord Can I come with you? He asked to be and follow Jesus. If you and I will have a desire and a longing to walk with God and serve the Lord every single day of our lives like this this man had. This man got saved and he wanted to be with his Lord every time. If you and I will be able to be used of God, we need to be with Christ. We need to have a desire to be close to him. Now, how can you and I, how can you and I serve God if we are far from him? How can you and I be a witness to those who are around us if we are far from God? If we are going to be used of Christ, if we are going to be shining lights, bright lights for Christ, we need to understand that we need to be close to the one who called us out of darkness. Otherwise, you will be useless for the kingdom of God. This man wanted to be close to Jesus. Jesus freed him and he said, I want to be with you. I want to come with you. This man sought to be near Jesus Christ, not far from him. In John chapter 12, verse 26, you don't need to turn there. Jesus said, if any man serve me, let him what? Follow me. If you want to serve me, come with me. Stay right here close to me. Follow me. That's how we get courage. This man was wise because he went after his savior. After he was freed from his captivity, he desired to be with Christ who freed him. He didn't desire anything else or anyone else, but he just wanted to be close to Jesus Christ. Today we have, we have to beg and plead with God's people to come to church. Today. We have to plead with them, study your Bible so that you can get close to God. We have to plead with them, pray every day. This man had a desire. I wanted to be close to Jesus Christ. The closer you are to God the Father, the further you are from sin. And the closer you are to sin, the further you are from God. That's just a plain fact. 
It's just a plain fact. A, a wise man, this man was. He wanted to be close to God. A man filled with devils became wise because he went. He went. He went. Look at verse 39. Look at verse 39 with me, if you will, please. Luke 8, 39. This man was wise because he went. This is a word we're going to be looking, looking at a great deal uh, this evening. The Bible says, and he went his way. Jesus said, Khan Terach Go back to your home. You know what Jesus is doing there? He's sending him. He's sending him. He saw something in this man. He said, Lord, I want to be with you. I want to save you. He had gratitude and thanksgiving in his heart, and he wanted to save his Christ. And Jesus saw this. And he says, hey, you'll do a greater job if you go back to your house. Immediately after the Lord commanded this man to go and return, the word, the word, say, the word they're going says return. It, say, it means go. Just return back. It just means go. Go back. Go back home. He didn't hesitate, but did as he was instructed and obeyed the voice of the Lord and went. Amen. This man went. The word went is a verb. It's a doing word. It describes action. It's an action this man took. He went. Jesus said, do this, and he did it. Hallelujah. Oh my. If, if we would only just obey the Lord once in our lives when it comes to preaching the word of God. Oh, what a great we would do so far and go so far. This man was right here with his God and with his Savior. And Jesus said, go back, return, and go back. Go back. The Lord Jesus sent this man and he gave this man a direct order to return and go back to his family. To his family, to his friends, to his neighbors, and hometown. Now, if, if I was this man, after seeing my friends and neighbors come and chase Jesus away, I wouldn't have returned back to these guys. There's no way I would have returned back. I said, Lord, they nearly killed you. You want me to go back? <laughs> I mean, this whole town was... They were against Jesus. They said, hey, go. We don't want you here. And Jesus sends him to this crowd back home. Uh, you know, that is what we have forgotten as Christians. That missions starts at home. Missions starts at home. With your lost family members. Then to your neighbors. Then to your friends. Listen, it shouldn't necessarily be Pastor Clyde. It shouldn't necessarily be Pastor Timbies. It shouldn't necessarily be Pastor David, Pastor Roger. It should be you because you lead with them. You are the ones who wake up with them in the morning and have a quarrel and fight. You need to talk to them, not us. If you fail to preach the gospel to your daughter and your son... If you fail to give the gospel to your wife, how can you give the gospel to someone you don't know? Some of you here are grandparents. Some of you have children. You have never opened the Bible and shared Christ with your daughters and your sons. Shame! It's a shame. I'm sorry. I'm afraid, Pastor. Please. That's, a, that's an excuse that's been used, I don't know how many times. I'm afraid. Ah. People are walking around without masks. <laughs> but you're afraid to talk to your children. God said, go to your family. Our third point, our last point in this, 
A man filled with devils became wise because he published the gospel to those he knew. To those he knew. Verse 39. To those he knew. Jesus said, return to thine own house. Own house. Now in my Bible, I've circled that. Your own house. Your family. Or am I wrong? Am I reading it wrong? We can't escape. We can't say, Pastor didn't preach it in Afrikaans. Pastor didn't preach it in Zulu. Ah, I cover everything. Little Piper, Wamuga. Elanda, Mzini Wonke. He went home. But Jesus said, Show how great things God has done for thee. When this man went back to his home and to his hometown, I want you to, to, to understand something here. He didn't have a theological degree. First of all, he didn't have theology. He didn't go to college for four years and study how Abraham begot who and Isaac begot who. He, the only thing he knew, the only thing he knew was Jesus saved him. And he carried that along with him. It's the only thing he knew. Didn't have theology. He didn't have piles and piles of books of theology and how to win souls and how to preach. and how, he, he just, he said, Lord, I'll go. Jesus said, the only thing you need to do, tell them what God has done for you. That's all. And shut up. And that's what he did. And so this man went without a theological degree, without any formal training, without mentorship. He didn't even spend 24 hours with Jesus. But he got the job done. Ah, hallelujah. Amen, anyhow. He got the job done. Today we have to go to churches and, 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 and ask for missionary support. And, uh, and uh, hey, listen, it's simple. Just go to your friend. Just go to your friend and tell them about this Savior. And so that's the only thing he did. The word published there. In verse 39, it says, and he, and he what, change? He what? He went. He obeyed. He went. I love that word. And he went his way, and he what? He published throughout the whole city. Everywhere. Everywhere. He went to his friends, the ones he went to school with, he went to his neighbors. He went to his family. He went to his enemies, probably. He went everywhere. He couldn't stop telling people about Jesus. What God has done for him. What God has done for him. How can you keep quiet? How can you keep quiet after? What? There's no way you can keep quiet after that. After seeing what you've been through. Listen, this man lived. He lived in, in tombs with dead people. With dead people. Now keep in mind, back then, tombs, they didn't dig. They didn't go down. That's why I, I like these, these olden tombs. When, when you're not really dead, you know, just, just move the grave and get out. But you, today you go six feet under. Back then, it was like a, something like this, you know, and there was a, a, a hole dug in, in a mountain. And they would lay your body there. Now this man stayed with bones. He stayed with dead people. He was bound by demons. And now he's free. How can you keep quiet? How? This man went. Now, now keep in mind that people also knew this guy. Now, I'm sure when he approached the city, people fled. I would have fled. I would have ran away. Because the Bible says he went everywhere. You know, 
tearing chains and he was like a crazy person, wild. And when people saw him, they knew who this guy was. They knew who he was. And they knew that he was demon-possessed. They knew that he was off the chains. Not only here, but here. Uh, to, to see him in his right mind, what a testimony. And they, how did you become? Who healed you? How? How did you be so? Hey, let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you who did this to me. Let me tell you. He went to his friends and neighbors. People saw and heard the power of the Lord with their eyes and ears. They saw God's glory and power upon this man. The only thing he did was to tell about Jesus. What Jesus did for him. He didn't prepare a sermon, Uncle Frank. He didn't spend three, 20 hours preparing what's he going to preach on. He just said, Jesus saved me. Who is this Jesus? I'm glad you asked. That's all he did. How difficult can that be? And yet we are so afraid, aren't we? We're afraid. Why can't we do something so simple? He just told them his testimony. That's all. And Mandy, thank you for this testimony. I bet it touched many people here. Listen, and another thing, you know what? He didn't go to Rome. He didn't go to Greece. He didn't go to China or Zimbabwe or Spain. He went to publish the gospel among his friends and loved ones. That's all. Oh, you got it. Pastor, you better go to Zimbabwe to preach that gospel. What about my next door neighbor? Hmm? When are we going to realize that God wants us to take the gospel to everybody? Everybody. Publish. Tell people about Jesus. Tell them. Tell them. Ah, what's my time? Two more hours. Okay. Let me hurry up here. Look at Psalm chapter 26. Psalms, 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 Amahubo 26. We need to start telling people about the wonders God is doing in our lives. The wonders God is doing in our lives. And start talking for a change about this beautiful Jesus. Psalm 26, verse 6. It's a Psalm of David. David says, I will wash mine hands in innocence. In other words, I will go to God and, 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 and repent of my sins so that I can come past thine altar. I can come before your presence, O Lord. Verse 20, uh, uh, verse 7. That I may what? I mean, publish. I want to tell people about what you have done for me, God. That I may publish with a voice of thanksgiving. And what? And tell. And tell people. And tell of thy wondrous works. Ah, oh, my. Let's tell people. Let's tell people about this Jesus. Why are we, why are we so uh, timid and but yet we have, we have, oh, we, I've got the gospel. I know Jesus. Well, tell them, tell them, tell people about him. Amen? Amen. My. Second point. A wise man is sent by God. Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. <clears throat> Acts chapter 8, verse 26. Acts chapter 8 and verse 26. The gospel is not the preacher's job. The gospel is not the preacher's, not the pastor's job to get out alone. It's everybody's job. Acts chapter 8. Verse, let's see here. 
26. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and what? And go towards the south, unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. Hey, sometimes God will send us to places we don't want to go. Go to a desert. How about that, Andrew? Huh? I, I, I will never go to a desert. Forget it. I better keep quiet before God sends me there. <laughs> I was in verse 26, right? To a desert, verse 27. And Philip didn't ask any questions. He, he, he what? What did he do? He arose and what? Here's that word again. Chechan. He went. I love that word, man. I was, oh God, let's, let's go. And he went. He arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia. as a black man. What in the world is he doing in Jerusalem? <laughs> I, I don't have time to explain this, uh, but let's, let's, let's just go, and if you have questions, you can ask me later. An Ethiopian unit of great authority. So this man had, under Candace, a queen of the Ethiopians who had uh, the charge of all uh, her treasure and had come to Jerusalem to worship. He came to worship God, but he wasn't saved. Verse 28. And this man was returning and sitting in his chariot read Isaiah the prophet. Already this man, God had touched this man in his heart, but he just cannot make sense of what he's reading. He probably had Isaiah uh, in Jerusalem, and on his way back home, it's stuck here. The word of God is stuck. And he's trying to make sense out of it. Verse 29. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, what church? Go. Han. In, in, in my Bible, in my Bible, the word go there, is in capital letters. In, in your Bible as well, as well. Capital letters, right? There's a reason for that. You know, sometimes you read the Bible, you just read through it. I read my Bible. I'm going to eat uh, chips now and sleep. No. Go, the angel said, near and join thyself to the chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understand it, understandest what thou readest? And he said, how can I accept a man uh, explain and guide me? And he desired Philip that he should come up and sit with him. I'm going to stop there for time's sake. A wise man sent by God to arise and go. If you're walking in your bulletin, to arise and go. To arise and go. Verse 26. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go. Kepa ingilosi enkosi. Yakuluma ku Filipu. Yati suka uye. Stand up and run. I'm going to take a break, Colin. So Philip is one of the 12 apostles. And God sends an angel to him to deliver a very important message to Philip. Now, it takes God from heaven. Now, angels don't just do what they please, okay? An angel in heaven doesn't say, you know what, I'm going to just go to Philip. No, God charges an angel and tells an angel what to do. And so, here's an angel, takes directions from God. Yes, my king. Angel shoots down like an arrow straight to earth, to earth, and to, to, to earth and to Philip's home. And when the angel gets to Philip's home, angel doesn't waste any time. The first thing on an angel's mouth is arise. <laughs> arise and go. That's the first thing out of the angel's mouth. The angel didn't do say anything that God didn't ask the angels to say. The angel said, Philip, arise and go. Philip is one of their 12 apostles, and Philip gets up and he arrives. The word arise means to stand up. It means to stand up. 
If I were to say, stand up, all of you are going to get up and stand up. Suhume. Means get up. Philip probably was relaxing and watching Feiftach, Feiftach. <laughs> Philip was chilling there, watching Seven Delan. I wonder what's going to happen in this episode. But he had to get up. He had, he, he had a command from God. No, no, no. Angel gets Philip and tells Philip, listen, God wants you to arise and go, Philip. Philip stands up and moves because the gospel must be preached. We also need to be reminded this morning, well, not this morning, evening, that we need to wake up, church, from our comfort zone. People are in need of Christ. We need to get up and go. Amen? Amen? We need to get up and go. And what a shame it is knowing the truth and we don't go. I'm sorry, but we are too relaxed as Christians. People are dying every single day. This year, this year has been the worst year. I'm sure in all of our lives. My goodness, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people not only died, but entered eternity without Christ. Think about that for a second. It'll sober you up. It'll sober you up. We're too chilling. We're too relaxed. We're in our comfort zone too much. I'm sorry, but we are. And one of the things that, that I believe, which I'm guilty about, this pastor is guilty about, Maybelline, is TV. It's this episode and this series. We all got our own, right? Our favorite one. Uh, listen, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying too much of it has entered our homes. Uh, that's all I'm saying. Too much of it. Pastor Clive, too much gaming, man. <laughs> no, uh, listen, it's the reality. I'm, it is. Now, let me tell you, when, let, let's say the Lord comes now. He takes us in the blink of an eye because the Bible says it's going to be in the blink of an eye. I saw Christ today. Man, I rejoiced. Oh, man, God is coming. In the blink of an eye, Jesus is going to take us home. Now imagine when you're in heaven and you think back of all the time you've wasted watching Seven Delan. You, you, really, you would probably think, man, I wish I had spent some of that time witnessing to my child, to my grandmother. I wish I had spent some of that time going to my neighbor. When you're in eternity and you look back at your brief time on earth, at your brief time on earth, what will go through your mind then? The angels tell, tells Philip, stand up, Philip, and go. Stand up and go. There's a dying man on the road in a desert. And God has stirred up his heart. Go speak. You know, it takes standing up and going to get the gospel known to people. It takes standing up and going and leaving my house to invite my neighbor to church. It takes standing up. It takes standing up and going across the room and witness to my cousin, to my children, to my niece and nephew about Jesus Christ. It takes standing up and going away from your sin. And tell your best friend that you drink with each and every Friday. Say, I'm going to leave this sin behind. I'm going to stand up for God. And leave your alcohol. And leave your habitual sin. 
that your, your friends keep seeing you do each and every Friday. But on Sunday, you're in church. How can they respect when you tell them about Christ? God tells his people to arise and go. You know, God has been telling his people to arise and go since the Old Testament. You know that? Since the Old Testament. Now, I'm, I'm about to finish. I know some of you are sleepy. It's been a long day. I'll finish up. Look with me. Don't turn the Jonah, in chapter 3, verse 2. You know, God had to tell Jonah to arise and go two times. Two times. John, God said, Jonah, arise and go. You know what face Jonah had? No, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go. That speaks of you and me, doesn't it? Philip was a wise man. Wise. Wise man wins souls. <clears throat> and he arose and went. This man was wise. He also went near. He went near, to go near. Acts chapter 8 and verse 29. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go, oh my goodness, near and join yourself to the chariot. I don't know how many times the Holy Spirit has moved my heart. Has it ever happened to you that God speaks to you, pray for that person, witness to that person, and, and, and we ignore it. You ignore. Am I the only guilty one here? You ignore and, and you know it's clear, light as day, that God wants you to witness to that person. But I don't know what holds us back. It's either it's fear or, my goodness, she's got gorgeous legs. How is she going to look at me after tomorrow? I'm going to ruin my chances of getting with her. Maybe it's that. Huh? Now, listen, I'm real, okay? I'm real. Sometimes you wonder, it's my boss. God wants me to speak to my boss? No way. That's another attitude we have. Another attitude is because we just don't think it's important. It's not a, it's not a serious thing yet until they die. The Holy Spirit said, go near. I was passing four years ago, five. Uh, I would always go after preaching here when I was pastoring this church, I would go to, to Spring Valley and preach there in the evenings. So I would preach here in the morning and I'd take my bike, I had a bicycle, and I'd go preach in Spring Valley. And I would go to different places and go to different, you know, people. When people are sitting down, I go there. It's a good place to start. And, and on exiting Spring Valley one day, I was exiting the place. And when I was exiting, uh, I saw a, a, a Shabini. And uh, boy, clear as day, I was moved by the Lord to take the gospel. Now I said, Lord, they're not going to listen. There's just no way. They're carrying on. It's it's uh, you know you know that attitude, but you know you know when something is clear, but it just uh, let me go in. I get in there and I preach the word of God. Three people get saved, and man, I'm excited now. I, you know, uh, let, 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 let me preach more. You know when when you see fruit, <laughs> like a Mike, you know, when you see fruit, you're like, let's do it, and you preach and you preach. And when I was leaving, they said, Pastor, please return again next week. Drunkards. That's it. Uh, one of the old church members is there behind you, Indian, right at the back. Uh, no, she wasn't drunk. <laughs> she wasn't drunk. She lived in a complex. And, uh, but you know what? God said, go. Yeah. Well, we don't want to go. Uncle Mike, I will never go to prisons. Forget it. Oh, man, I said it again. <laughs> I need to be careful, man. 
I'm telling you, if God calls you where you don't want to go, I'm telling you. But anyway, people got saved because the Holy Spirit said, move, go, go, go near. I'm going to, I'm trying to go fast. I'm skipping some of my notes. Do you know that we have family members that are close to us, that are near us? Let's go near to them. When I say go near to them, go near to them with the gospel. I would rather have them dislike me, knowing that I have preached the gospel to them. Really, I, I would, because 50 years from now, they won't be around. So I would feel more comfortable knowing that I've done my best to get the gospel to them. Philip had to go near. Sometimes we have to go near criminals um, and all sorts of things. I've had to go near prostitutes. I've had to go near dead bodies. I've had to go near drug dealers and drug addicts. I've had to go near angry people, mob, because I preached Jesus Christ and denounced ancestral worship. I've had to go near demon-possessed people. I had to go near atheists. I've had to go near grieving people who lost their children. Let me tell you a story in closing here. Uh, back when I was, I think in my, I was 19 years old, if not 20. Uh, 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 you know, back then, I think we met, we still met in Eden Park. In Eden Park, uh, the church was still young, and mostly it was old, old, old people. Uh, so, <clears throat> but I, I, I just got to say, man, I was on fire for, I was on fire for, you could, man, if you ran a bulldozer over me to stop me, I said, go ahead. I, was, I, went, I went everywhere preaching the gospel. I'm not tuning my own horn. I'm trying to get a, a, an example going here. And so I would go to hospitals. And one time, in some stages, I would go to hospitals and there would, there would be a criminal tied to a bed. And so there would be wards. You know, criminals in hospitals, wards. And so you go to this ward. And in this particular ward, I go in and, and I, this guy grabs my arm. He says, uh-uh. I didn't know what to say for a second. And, and, I, and I looked, it's a police officer. I said, my, it's a police officer. I said, what's wrong? He said, there's a criminal here. I need to search him. So he searches me, searches me, searches me. And when I walk in, I see two police officers are standing on a bed, one here, one here, guarding this criminal. And uh, is it time, Clive? <laughs> and, and so... The, 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 they're protecting this man. I'm talking about fear and going near. I was afraid when I saw that guy. Now, nothing scared, but that guy scared me. His one eye was off. Uh, you know, when he looked at me, it brought fear in my, in my heart. Fear in my heart. And I got close to it. I had to come close so that he can see it. I got close to this guy, and when I got close to him, stared at me, you know, because he's lying down. And one eye is looking this eye, and the other one is looking the other way. And he's looking at me, and brother, I'm telling you, you know when you're afraid and you feel cold? You feel cold, like you've got no blood running in your veins. I got cold. And, and this police officer says, what are you going to do, Pastor? I say, I just want to share the, the, the gospel with him. And I open and I share the gospel with him, and I left the gospel track with him. And when I was leaving, one lady, the police, police woman, said to me, he said, why? She said. I said, excuse me, why what? She, she said, you're so young. Why are you doing this? I, I, I didn't understand. I said, I don't understand. He said, why are you a pastor at such a young age? I said, no, ma'am, I'm not a pastor. I just share Christ. I just share Christ. He says, your friends are out drinking, and at your age, what you are doing is unheard of. 
Nah, I, I, I just said, listen, man, I just, I'm just taking Jesus to, to people. That's all I'm doing. Listen to me. Take the gospel out. I'm closing. Take the gospel out. Get close to people. You would have to get close to your enemies. You would have to get close to those who hate you sometimes. But get close and go. Let's all stand if you would, please. Let's close our eyes. Lord, I didn't get to finish my sermon because of time, but I plead that you continue to preach in your people's hearts, that you encourage them, that you strengthen their faith, that you equip them. Lord, it just takes speaking our testimony. That's all it takes. May we not be lazy. May we not be uncaring about those who are lost. And Father, I pray for each and every individual who is here this evening that you would strengthen their courage to speak. Lord, even tomorrow, tomorrow, Oh, God, give us the boldness to invite our friends to church. Give us the boldness to invite them to Christ. Give us the courage to give out a gospel track. Give us the courage to speak about this wonderful Savior and testify about him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.